0: Surah Abasa. Surah Abasa is a Makki Surah. It's a famous Surah. Abbasa means He frowned. And in this Surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is teaching a very important lesson to us through His Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And through this Surah, we learn about the character of the bearer of the Qur'an, the person who has Qur'an in their life, then what kind of character must they have? What kind of manners should they display? When they're dealing with people, when they're dealing with situations that might be genuinely annoying, but how should they be? How should their facial expressions be? How should their body language be? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees everything. So let's look at the surah Bismillahir Rahman Rahim Abasa he frowned Watawallah and he turned away. abasa ya'busu Ain Basin is to frown or to scowl very mildly. Basically, it's just when wrinkles appear on your forehead. A very minor frown, very normal, very usual. Very easily we frown like this, right? Many of you are doing that right now also. It's not really a big deal. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is correcting His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam here. That abasa, he frowned. Who did here? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Abasa, fee wajhihi, in his face, watawalla, and he turned away. Tawalli is to turn physically away from someone or a certain direction. So he turned away, meaning fi badnihi, in his body. He turned his attention away. Why? What was the reason? An that, meaning because, jaahu he came to him, who came to the Prophet ﷺ al a'ma the blind man. And when the blind man came, he interrupted the Prophet ﷺ. So as a result, the Prophet ﷺ he frowned and he. Turned away. The indication over here is towards the incident that happened in Makkah. Aisha radiyallahu anha reported that Surat Abasa was revealed regarding Abdullah ibn Um Maktum, the blind man. In a narration in At-Tirmidhi, we learn that Abdullah ibn Um Maktum came to the Prophet sallallahu and he said, "O Messenger of Allah." Advise me. Ya Rasulullah, arushidni. Advise me. Now remember, Abdullah ibn Umm Maktum was a blind man. He came to the Prophet ﷺ and he said, Ya Rasulallah arushidni. Advise me, instruct me, teach me something. Can he see what is going on? Can he see what the Prophet ﷺ is doing and who the Prophet ﷺ is sitting with? Was Abdullah able to see that? No, he was not. So Aisha (radiyallahu anha) said that at the time the Prophet (sallallahu alayhi wa was sitting with a man from the elite of the mushrikeen. So a mushrik, but not just an ordinary man, from the elite. And the Prophet (sallallahu alayhi wa when he was interrupted by Abdullah ibn Umm Maktum, Prophet (sallallahu alayhi wa he got genuinely upset. Imagine you're Having an important conversation. Somebody comes and interrupts you. What's the bare minimum that you would do? Frown? Give them a look? He didn't say anything. He didn't verbally reprimand him. All he did was what? Just frowned. Without saying anything, he turned away turned away from who from abdullah ibn umm and he kept his attention towards the mushrik man and he continued to ask him atara bima aqulu ba'san do you find any problem in what i am telling you because rasulullah sallallahu was doing da'wah to that man right to that mushrik man and that mushrik man he wasn't accepting so the prophet sallallahu kept asking him atara ba'san do you see any problem in what i'm telling you and the man would say la no i don't in another narration we learn he he would say la wa dimai no by the blood of our sacrifices i see no harm in what you're saying but was that man believing no he wasn't and on the other hand abdullah ibn umm is waiting Ya Rasulullah arshidni, Ya Rasulullah arshidni. But the Prophet ﷺ he frowned only once and he turned away. So these verses were revealed regarding this incident. Now, on the one hand, was a great man from the mushrikeen, whom the Prophet ﷺ was repeatedly advising, but he was not accepting, even though he clearly understood and found no problem with the message. On the other hand, at this intense moment. When the Prophet ﷺ was so occupied with this matter which was so important to him, because he really wanted that man to believe, who came? Abdullah ibn Umm Maktum. And he asked the Prophet ﷺ, advise me, instruct me. But the Prophet ﷺ was not pleased with this interruption. And so, in a very natural response, he frowned. Now sometimes we are also busy In something important. Maybe an important conversation. And what happens? Somebody comes and interrupts us. Does that happen? Does that happen with us? Happens almost every day, doesn't it? Especially if you have kids. Or if you have younger siblings. Or you have maybe an elderly person in your family. Disregard the conversation you're having. And they say what they want to say. Whenever they want to say, isn't it? How should our response be over there? Because when the Prophet ﷺ frowned over here, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala did not approve of it. He revealed these verses, correcting the Messenger ﷺ. Because for the Messenger is what khuluqin alim. Wa inna la'ala khuluqin alim. You have the great, the best character. But from this we learn that the Prophet ﷺ was who? Hamil al-Qur'an. The carrier of the Qur'an, the bearer of the Qur'an. And for the one who has Qur'an in their life, then they must correct even their facial expressions. Now through these verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is teaching us two important lessons. Many lessons, but two I want to highlight. Firstly, what the character of the hamil quran should be like. Towards who? Towards who? Everyone, but specifically who? Those who annoy. In situations where they get irritated. In situations where they get hurt. In situations where they get genuinely angry. Their anger is justified. Because somebody came, interrupted them. Somebody came, disturbed them. Somebody came, bothered them. But even in a situation like that, what should their character be like? Secondly, what we learn from these verses is that who is worth our attention and time and who is not worth our attention and time. The Prophet ﷺ was paying attention to who? To the mushrik man. But the mushrik man, was he interested? No, he wasn't. And in doing that, he ended up ignoring Abdullah ibn Umm Maktum. Was he interested in learning? Yes, he was. So what do we learn from here? Your time and your talents are not cheap. That you chase those who don't value them. You chase with these talents and with this time those people who don't value them. The deen of Allah is not cheap. That you beg those who are not interested in it to take it. You understand this point? The deen of Allah is honorable. Your time is also precious. So don't chase those who are going to reject it. Don't devalue. You know, like if you're selling something, then don't devalue your product by giving it to those who are going to throw it away, who are not going to value it. Think about it. When you're giving a gift to somebody, what kind of a gift do you give them? Something you know that they will value. So for example, if there is a person who's not interested In let's say, fancy things. Maybe a piece of jewelry. They're not interested in it. And you know that they're never going to wear it. Or even if they wear it, they're not going to wear it properly. They're going to be washing dishes with it. And you know, things like that. Would you waste your money over there? You wouldn't. It would be a waste of money. So why do we think the deen of Allah is so cheap? That we keep running after those who are going to reject it. Reject it again and again. Don't do that. Instead, Give it to who? Give it to who? Those who desire it. Now we see in these verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, abasa He frowned. وَتَوَلَّ And he turned away. Who is he referring to? The Prophet Wasn't the Qur'an directly revealed to him? Why isn't it said that, wa tawallaita You frowned and you turned away. Because it's more harsh. Isn't it? if you tell somebody, you made this mistake, it's really mean. Really. If you're told, you did this, you shouldn't have done that. Doesn't it hurt? It hurts. So here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also teaching us another important lesson as to, first of all, that we must show respect to our messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If Allah does not directly address him in this situation, he reprimands him indirectly, in a very gentle manner. That when we have to mention him, when we have to talk about him, how should we do that? With utmost respect. Another important thing we see here is that the Prophet ﷺ did what he did out of eagerness for the mushrik to believe. Isn't it? He wanted that man to believe. And this is why he got upset with Abdullah ibn Umm Maktum's interruption. He didn't frown at him because he despised him. You understand? He didn't frown at him because he despised him. No, he frowned over there because Abdullah ibn Umm Maktum interrupted him. So we should also remember. We should also remember this when we have to correct somebody or when we see a fault in somebody, a mistake in somebody. Remember, they didn't mean to hurt us. They didn't mean to do something wrong. It was human error. Just like for the Prophet ﷺ, this was a human error. You wanted to say something? Go okay, the question is that how should we be doing da'wah then? Because if we shouldn't be chasing those who are not interested, then how should we do it? It doesn't mean that we don't offer them. We offer them. But where they say no, and they start using foul language and they start humiliating our religion and our book and our messenger then don't give them the opportunity Lakum dinukum, waliyadin. right? and also we see over here that how to prioritize the Prophet ﷺ was in a situation where there were two people right? one was a man who wasn't interested and another was a man who was very interested in learning So when you have to make a decision over here, that who do I give my time to, then how do you decide that? How do you make that decision? Based on what? Who's important in the worldly sense? No. Based on what then? On the eagerness of people. Who is more eager? So, عَبَسَ وَتَوَلَّىٰ أَنْ جَاءَهُ الْأَعْمَىٰ وَمَا يُدْرِيكَ لَعَلَّهُ يَزَّكَّىٰ وَمَا and what? يُدْرِيكَ It would make you perceive... La Allahu, perhaps he yazzaka, he might be purified. Who? The blind man. Ma yudrika idra dalraya to make someone perceive something, realize something, to make someone learn about something. So ma yudrika, meaning you could not know, you did not know that la Allahu that perhaps the blind man might be purified, meaning he would benefit from what you would teach him. Here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is informing the Messenger ﷺ of the benefit of paying attention to the blind man. Abdullah ibn Umm Maktum, remember he was of the Sabiqoon. He was of those people who embraced Islam very early in Makkah. He was also a cousin of Khadija radhillahu anha. So here, the Prophet ﷺ is told that had you paid attention to the blind man, he would have taken your advice very seriously. He would have improved himself with it. Oh ya or he would be reminded. Tadakkur is to remember the advice, to take heed, to learn a lesson from it. فتنفعه فتنفعه so it would benefit him a dhikra the reminder. Meaning, here is a person who is ready to receive. And he has reached you with difficulty because he was blind, and he's willing to learn and benefit from you. And whatever he would learn from you would benefit him,, but you didn't pay attention to him. And in contrast, استغنى, as for manna, the one who istaghna, who considers himself without need. استغنى from ghina غَيْنُونْ يا. What is rina? Richness. Because when a person is rich, then he doesn't, technically, he shouldn't find himself needy. That okay, I have 10 pairs of shoes, I don't think I need to go buy more. Right? This is rina. So استغنى is to consider oneself without need. To be self-sufficient. So, he is استغنى meaning he's not eager to learn. He's not eager to benefit from you. He doesn't think he's in need of beneficial knowledge. Who is this referring to? The mushrik man. Whom the Prophet ﷺ is advising repeatedly. And the Prophet ﷺ was asking him, do you see any problem in what I'm giving you, and what I'm telling you? And what would the man say? No. What you're saying makes sense to me. But do I want it? No, thank you. Istaghna. He's not interested. Think about it. Imagine you're invited to a dinner party after you just ate. Would you like to go to that dinner party? Seriously. Imagine you're invited somewhere at 5 o'clock but you just ate at 4. Would you like to go to that dinner? No, you wouldn't. But if your family drags you, like it happens many times, and you were to go, would you eat anything there? Would you? No, maybe you'll nibble on a few things and you'll hide here and then you'll hide there and you'll pretend that you're eating but you won't eat anything. Why? Even though the food is delicious, it's free. Why will you not eat? Because you have no need for it. You've already eaten. Right? Now here we see that this man thinks that he is not in need of deen. So even though the Prophet ﷺ is offering him What does he say? No thank you. I'm not interested. It makes total sense to me. It's really good. But I don't want it. Why? Because the problem is that he thinks he knows enough. He thinks that he doesn't need to improve. When it comes to food, you know, there's a limit to how much you can consume. But when it comes to Seeking knowledge when it comes to learning the deen, then is there any limit? There's no limit. The Prophet ﷺ was instructed, waqul Rabbi Zidni Ilma that say, Oh my Lord, increase me in knowledge. Even though the Prophet ﷺ had so much knowledge, still he's told, make dua for more, ask for more. Because you can never be ghani. Of gaining more knowledge. So here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is criticizing this man. He thinks of himself as self-sufficient, that he doesn't need to learn anymore. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from this type of arrogance, where we think we have learned enough, where we think we know enough, where we think we have done enough. So even though there is a great opportunity before us, we say, I'm good. فَأَنْتَ لَهُ تَصَدَّىٰ فَأَنْتَ so you, لَهُ to him Meaning you a Prophet wasallam You are towards this man تَصَدَّىٰ You give attention تَصَدَّىٰ تصدي, تَصَدِّي Basically means to clap And صدى صدى اليا, It's basically the sound that the mountain returns back to the person Meaning echo Okay Echo that if you're going through Rocky Mountains and you make a sound, what's gonna happen? That sound is going to return back to you. So that's echo. So tasadda lahu is to pay attention to someone. Why? What's the connection over there? Because you know when you're passing through a place where there's gonna be echo, all right, you make a sound. And you wait for the echo to return. You make it again and you paying attention to it. Isn't it? And I don't know what happens even to adults. Right? You go in the basement or an empty room. Children make noise. Or a parking lot, right? Underground parking lot. What happens to adults over there also? They start making noise. And they wait for the echo to return. So this is تَصَدَّ To pay attention. So anta lahu You are paying your full attention to this man who is not interested. Why? Meaning you should not. Why are you trying to convince him? Why are you wasting your time with him? You asked him once, twice, thrice, again and again. And he doesn't accept. He's not interested. And here is another man the blind man who's eager to learn and you're not paying him attention? Wama Aleika Allah Yazakka Wama and not alayka upon you. Meaning there is not upon you any blame, Allah that not yazzaka he is purified. Meaning if the Mushrik man, the one who's not interested in learning, despite the fact that you're giving him so much attention, if he doesn't obtain guidance, is it your fault? Is it your fault? No. So the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is assured over here, it's not your responsibility if he doesn't accept. You did your job by conveying. Now move on. Move on to those who are eager to gain more. وَأَمَّا مَنْ جَاءَكَ يَسْعَى وَأَمَّا and ask for مَنْ جَاءَكَ the one who came to you. يَسْعَى He is running, he is striving because abdullah ibn umm how was he he was blind these days alhamdulillah there are so many different ways through which even blind people can go about easily right they have certain level of independence but imagine at the time of the prophet sallallahu for a person who's unable to see for him to go from one place to another was quite a challenge so wa amma man he has come to you striving with love and eagerness, trying so hard, While he fears Allah, he has Khashia in his heart. This is why he has come. Fa anhu talaha. then you anhu from him talaha. You are distracted. Talaha lam ha lahu. What is lahu? Distraction, amusement, because it distracts you from what is more important. And when it comes with an عن, عَنْهُ talaha It means to ignore someone. So the blind man came to you so eagerly, but you ignored him? You turned away from the one who wants to purify himself, and you're too busy to give him your time? كَلَّا No. What does this mean? This should not be done. This should not be done. What should not be done? You should not frown in this situation. What else should not be done? You should not continue to pay attention to those who are not interested. What else should not be done? You should not ignore those who are eager to learn. In <inaudible> تَذْكِرَ Indeed, this is a reminder. What is a reminder? These verses are a reminder. Faman <inaudible> So whoever wants, He can remember it. Meaning he can take a lesson from it. He can accept it. These verses are a reminder. So whoever wants, they can take a lesson from it. So what is the lesson in these verses? Because Allah says, فَمَنْ شَاءَ Whoever wants, then they can take a lesson. Would you like to take a lesson? So what is the lesson that you can take? What is the first lesson? Go ahead. Watch your body language. Be careful about your facial expressions also. You know, we are careful about the words that we use. We need to be careful about even the wrinkles that can appear in our forehead. Because they can hurt people. Isn't it? Now if you think about it, Abdullah ibn Umm Maktoum never saw that frown. Because he was blind. Isn't it? And he didn't know. That the Prophet ﷺ got annoyed over there. He had no idea, but Allah Subhanahu wa Taala revealed this, and He corrected His Messenger ﷺ. Why? Because it doesn't befit you to do it. And if you say something, do something, show something, even if it doesn't reach the other person, was it written in your record? Was it written in your record? Yeah. So aren't you responsible for it? Yes. Okay. Bismillah. It means Allah is Latif, Allah is Basir, Allah is Aleem. If he can correct Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, then who we are? And this is so frightening. I mean, a frown Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala did not accept. And what do we do? What do we do? Much worse than frown. Assalamu alaikum, I was just thinking that often times when we think of dawah, we're thinking of non-Muslims, right? Going to them, talking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but many times it's within our own turf, our own Muslim brothers and sisters who may need that additional support and push, and we usually neglect them, because they're already Muslim, you know, they're already destined for Jannah, but it's the non-Muslims we need to get to. So I think, like you said in the beginning, that about prioritizing that, looking who need, looking around, you see who needs it most, and yes. sort of working yes. away So to. the first thing is, prioritize, Correctly. What the Prophet ﷺ did over here was out of good intention and eagerness. He wanted that person to believe, but Allah Subhanahu wa Taala taught him the correct order here: that who is more worthy of your time and attention, and who is that? Who is that? The one who is eager to learn. That's it. Simple. The one who is eager to learn. Now, sometimes people get very offended. That why is this person? With the teacher, or why is this person with the sheikh? Right? They're always with them, they're always with them. Well, because maybe they're eager to learn. And instead of us getting jealous over there, maybe we should see that how eager am I to learn? I was just going to say, this reminds me of a time when you told us that one of the Imam from our, one of the scholars from our time, he was really sick and he was moaning and he was told not to moan because even that is written down. And after that, subhanAllah, kind of it affected me so much that I was telling my like families and friends, like, you know, even just a little, you know, nowadays even in text messages we write sigh and all these kind of weird yes. things, right? As a joke, too, sometimes we write, but really it is how we're feeling and yes. it's written down. Yes. This is where you have to battle yourself also. Battle yourself against showing that frown and what you're saying out of anger. Go ahead. I was just reading Sirah and I came to know that Rasulullah sallallahu Alaihi wasallam He was a best listener. And whenever someone talks to him, his whole body was kind of listening and paying attention to that person. And being a person like that, he just did... Something like that, just once. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala really admonished and corrected him. And second thing that is coming to my mind that, I mean, it's a common practice in human beings. It's so much ingrained probably in our nature that we always take things and persons on face value. So you never know the condition of the heart, the situation of the heart of anyone. So having a good intention about anyone and paying respect to anyone it's a part of our religion probably and uh, we should really check for this that whenever we talk to someone, we should pay attention and respect to everyone. Yes. Thank you so much. You mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ would give full attention to people while listening to them. right? And he would turn towards them completely. This is a Makki surah. Right? So this was revealed earlier. And you see here Allah says, فَمَنْ شَاءَ ذَكَرَةً And it shows how the Prophet ﷺ, he took these verses to heart. He really learned from this incident. And afterwards, he never repeated that again. And we learn from seerah that there were times the Prophet ﷺ would get upset. But what would people see on his face? Redness. His face would go red. He's not ever described as frowning, scowling. No. But that his face would go red. And when is it that your face goes red? When you're fighting yourself. Go ahead. Assalamualaikum. Um, I'm looking at this from the perspective of dawah. Mm-hmm. And there's a perspective that uh, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wrote the Qur'an. And it's very interesting how That he authored it Yeah, like he authored it And yes. it's interesting In any human condition If you are depicting yourself As something superior Or somebody to be followed You would never reflect a weakness That yes. you have yes. And so it's interesting to observe How there is um, some form of And we wouldn't call it necessarily admonition But, you know, a recognition of a weakness Or something yes. that he was not perfect necessarily Or, you know, whatever the reflection is If indeed that's what he did, authored the Quran, why would he do that? It's completely logical. Yes. Yes. So these verses are actually used to prove the truthfulness of the Quran also. That if the Prophet had authored the Quran, would he correct himself in this manner? No. So this shows that this is really from who? From Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These verses also teach us another important lesson, which is that seize the opportunity that is before you Instead of longing for what is not in your control. What was the opportunity that the Prophet ﷺ certainly had at that time? To teach Abdullah ibn Umm Maktum. He has come eagerly to learn, to benefit. If the Prophet ﷺ would teach him something, alhamdulillah. On the other hand is that mushrik man, there is a 50-50. Maybe he would accept, maybe he wouldn't. And the Prophet ﷺ had been trying so hard, but the man wasn't accepting. So many times, you know, we have two options, and we find difficult to make a decision over there. Should I go with this or should I go with that? So what is it that you should go with? That which is definite. Prefer the definite over the doubtful. We also see over here that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is advocating for who? For Abdullah ibn Umm Maktoum. Who was he? A blind man. But Allah, Allah is defending him. Abdullah ibn Umm Maktoum didn't even see that frown. But Allah defends him over here. Why? What are those qualities because of which Allah will defend you? What are the qualities of Abdullah ibn Umm Maktoum that we see in these verses? Firstly, من He came Striving, working hard to learn. Secondly, wahua يَخْشَى He fears. Another important thing we see here is that these verses teach us as to who is worthy of our attention and time. And who is that person? Who? The one who's ignoring you? The one who's running away from you? Who is it? The one who is eager to be with you. So then, reciprocate. If someone offers a friendly hand, if someone is loving towards you, they give you their time, they give you their attention, then what should you do? Ignore them? Run away from them? I mean, as long as it's halal, right? and it's within limits, what should you do? Reciprocate. Reciprocate. Somebody sees worth in you. You know, they appreciate you. They want to be with you. They appreciate what you have. So give them the attention that they deserve. So here, كَلَّا إِنَّهَا تَذْكِرَ فَمَنْ شَاءَ ذكرا. Indeed, this is a reminder. This can be understood as these verses. And also in general that this Qur'an is a reminder. فَمَنْ شَاءَ dhakara Then whoever wants... They can learn from it. Meaning that this Qur'an is an open invitation to who? To who? To everybody. But only those who want to take it, will take it. And those who think they're not in need of it, they'll be too busy with other things. In Surah Al-Kahf, Ayah 29, Allah says, وَقُلِ الْحَقُّ مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ فَمَنْ شَاءَ فَلْيُؤْمِنْ وَمَنْ شَاءَ فَلْيَكْفُرُ